0: Welcome to week two of our series, Portraits of Jesus. We're looking at words that portray specific aspects of who Jesus is. In other words, word portraits. Just like an artist or a photographer captures the essence of what a person looks like in a, in a picture or a painting, there are specific words that capture the nature and the character of a person. And we're going through the Gospels and we're looking at them to, uh, to tell us specific characteristics or traits of who Jesus is. And we started last week by looking at Jesus the King. It's impossible to fully understand Jesus, who he is, what his ministry is, what he came to do. It's impossible to fully understand what he's all about without understanding the fact that Jesus is King. And not only is he king, but he is king of all kings. There is none higher than him. Never was, never will be. Jesus came proclaiming a message of the, that the kingdom of God has come. In other words, when he was saying that, he's saying God is coming to take over, or God has come to take over. See, when man or when God created mankind, He gave him authority and dominion over the whole earth, all the animals, and all the earth but when man sinned, he abdicated his authority. He handed it over to Satan, who uh, the Bible calls the ruler of the world. Satan became the ruler of this world. But then when Jesus arrived on the scene, he came to take it back. So now in Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, he has come with authority and he has given us as his subjects. He has given us authority. Now this morning, we're going to look at another picture of Jesus. In today's portrait, we're going to see another side of him altogether, and yet which, one which has so much to do with him being king because it, um, it, it affects the portrait of Jesus as king. When we look at kings throughout history, just think of a few of them. Kings throughout history, there were all kinds of kings, weren't there? Some were evil and tyrannical. We see that both in the Bible and in history. You had all kinds of kings, evil, tyrannical ones. You also had others that were kind and benevolent, that were good rulers, good kings. In King Jesus, what we see is that he was a compassionate king. And that's the side of Jesus that we're going to look at today. Today's portrait is entitled, Jesus the Compassionate. Let's pray. Lord... As we open your word and as we look into it today, we open our hearts and our ears to you. We open our minds to you. Lord, come and speak to us. Let us hear what you want us to hear. Let us see the picture of you that you want us to see. Anoint this time together. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. There's numerous passages in Scripture where Jesus is um, portrayed as having compassion on people. And I just want to uh, start this morning just by, by you know, touching on just a few of them briefly. Then we're going to look at one a little bit more in depth. In Matthew 6:30 or excuse me 9:36 we see Jesus was going throughout all the towns and all the villages he was preaching the good news of the kingdom he was healing the sick he was doing all that Jesus stuff that that he always did right And then Matthew tells us in verse 36 when he saw the crowds when so he looked out and he saw the crowds I mean I can just imagine Jesus, you know, they're ministering to people, and I see people lined up and gathering all around and pressing in, wanting to be healed, wanting to be delivered, and, and, and wanting to hear the good news. So it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The word compassion... If you if you look at it in the Greek in a literal sense it has to do with your inner parts. It has to do with our inner parts, our intestines, our kidneys, our spleen. And the thought was for the uh, of the day that that's where the seat of our emotions were. The seat of our emotions rested in in, in our inner parts here, whereas today we would say we would refer to the heart as being our seat of our emotions, wouldn't we? we you know, we say things like, "Well, my heart goes out to you," you know, where my heart goes out to that person. But back then, they considered the bowels, the inner organs, the seat of their emotions, and it makes sense that they would, because what happens when we get stressed out and and upset and emotionally in a knot? Inside here, we get all tied up in knots and start feeling pain, physical pain. Isn't that true? In 1984, I spent three weeks in the hospital because of severe abdominal pain. At first, they thought it was the flu. But when I went into into the emergency room for the third time in one weekend, they say, "Uh, we're not sending you home this time. We're keeping you until we figure out what's going on. And I was there for three weeks, had all kinds of tests they could run. I had to drive from Fort Wayne to Indy to Methodist to, to have tests run and all kinds of things. And finally, they were at the point where they, 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 you know, the, the pains would come and go frequently. And they would say, okay, we're going to send you home. But if you have any more pain, come in and we'll prep you and do exploratory surgery immediately. And so they sent me home, and then the pain stopped. And what they finally figured out was that it was the stress that I was under. It was the emotions of stress and worry that my my talk about your bowels you get a little too graphic, but my colon was kinked, and that was caused by the stress, and that was causing all of the pain. Because that's what happens when we get so emotionally stressed out. And and what happened to make it stop is I let go of one of the things that would that was adding a lot of that into my life. I just let go of it, I set it aside, and once I did that, the pain stopped. So, you know, the Bible here says that when the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on the people, it's saying he felt strongly. Inside, he was deeply affected by their condition. He didn't just just look at them and say, oh, man, I feel bad for them. He felt it. He felt it strongly. He was deeply moved. You know, we all know that feeling, don't we, of being deeply moved inside, Two chapters later then, in, chapter, in Matthew 15, 32, after three days of Jesus healing people and setting one person free after another, you know, person after person constantly, we read this in verse 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Now that would stress me out, I know right there. Have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they will, you know they, they may collapse on the way. So Jesus saw their condition and he felt compassion for the people. He knew they were hungry. He knew they were starting to feel it. He genuinely, cared for them. So he was deeply moved and said, "Guys, we got to do something to feed these people because they're hungry. I can't just let them go, you know, on their way. It's not like it's not like today where you could just go down the road this way and run to McDonald's, go down that way and run to to uh, uh to Wendy's or across the street to Taco Bell. You couldn't just do that. Took a lot of preparation for meals and that. So Uh, He he, he didn't want to send them away hungry because he's afraid that they would be too weary and collapse before they got any food. He saw their condition and he felt compassion. Then another time when Jesus went to the town of Nain, he was entering the town and he came upon a funeral procession and procession. And, you know, uh, 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 there was a widow that had lost her only son. And Luke tells us in verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 13, it says, When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. It overflowed with compassion. He felt deeply toward her. He was moved deeply toward her. This is more than, than about a parent losing a child. As difficult and as tragic as that is, I mean that would be tragic as uh, tragic enough but think about this uh, with no husband and now no son this woman would be on her own she would be destitute there was no such thing as life insurance for her to collect and then and then live off of there was no social security coming from the government Jesus heart overflowed with compassion for her because he knew what her life would be like being totally alone in the world. She would become destitute. So he overflowed with compassion to the point where he stopped the funeral procession and he raised her son back to life. All of these passages have to do with, and, and so many more have to do with Jesus having compassion. But I would say that not only was Jesus was, was, not only was compassion something that Jesus had, I would say that compassion was what He was. It's what motivated the, him. The love and compassion for people is what motivated him. He is a compassionate king. Not a king who shows compassion or feels compassion sometimes, but he is a compassionate king. It describes who he is at his very core. Now, there's one more story I want to look at, and we're going to take a little longer look at this, and then we're going to look at the implications that this has for us and consider a few of those. It's found in Mark's gospel. And it's one of my all-time favorite Jesus stories. Let's read it, starting in Mark 1, in verse 40. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Now, pause here a minute. This shows the desperation of the man. You see, as a leper, he was required to keep his distance from people. He was required to go around wearing tattered clothing, and to to, um, to to you know for his hair to be unkempt. You know he, he couldn't comb his hair. His, his hair to be unkempt and tattered, worn out clothing. And not only that, wherever he went, he had to cover the lower part of his face and shout out "unclean, unclean." So there was no mistaking of it when when. Okay, he didn't get that caught up in his microphone, I bet. There was no mistaking when, you know, anybody came anywhere near him, you need to stay away from this person. This person is a leper. They would be able to keep their distance from him. And so for this leper to approach Jesus and the disciples as he did, for him to come toward them instead of just, you know, backing away in that, it could have cost him his life. But that's how desperate he was. That's what, what, how desperate he felt. And then verse 41, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. And then Jesus said to him on his way, sent him on his way with a stern warning, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along with the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. And this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Luke says that not only did Jesus have compassion on this man, it says he was moved with compassion. Now, moved with compassion. As you look at different translations of this, some translations say he was moved with pity. Other translations say that, he, that you know, say that Jesus being angered. Others say, you know, he being indignant. So it uses words like indignant, angered, compassion. And in order to get the full meaning, we really need to look at all of this together because they work together to describe what was taking place. There was indignation. There was anger, but it was not directed at the man. You see, when Jesus saw this horrible disease and what it had done to the man, and, and, and you know, if if you don't know anything about leprosy, you get these huge, terrible so, so, uh, um, sores on your on your all over your body that where the flesh just rots away. You can have fingers or appendages just fall off, eventually because of the leprosy. It was it was that bad. So when Jesus saw what this horrible disease had done to this man he became angry but he became angry at satan because satan is the one who was behind it all last week we focused on jesus uh the king and we said that with his arrival that god had come to take over to take back rulership of this world and a spiritual battle began and this is a perfect example of the conflict between christ and satan Satan had wreaked havoc on this man's life, causing unbelievable pain and suffering. Not just physical pain and suffering, but emotional and mental suffering that struck at the core of his identity. I mean, can you imagine having to shout, I'm unclean everywhere you go so that, you know, people would have to stay away from you? It's not something that you could hide. It's not something you could cover up. You'd have to announce it. Hey, everybody, I'm an untouchable. I'm unclean. Where, where, wherever you went, you had to think of, the, think of the rejection that this man experienced. Think of what that did to his identity. I mean, being isolated from, from you know, all human contact. You know, this past year, so many of us have lived isolated from much of the outside world just because of the pandemic, because of COVID. But this is even worse he had to be isolated, totally isolated from everybody and announce to everybody, you know, I'm someone you need to stay away from because I am a leprosy. Not just, not just had leprosy, but I am a leper. I mean, his very identity was, was uh, 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 affected here. But Jesus was moved with compassion and he was moved to anger. So the anger was directed towards Satan, but Jesus' heart toward the man was filled with nothing but love and compassion for him. Now we're going to watch a video clip that I have that really brings this out. It shows, as you watch this clip, how the, uh, how the community or how the culture how people acted, you know, would respond to the leper and, and, you know, how they acted toward him, and then the compassion that Jesus had toward him. This is from the show The Chosen, and it's used with permission. Um, it's about three and a half minutes long, and it starts just to set up. Jesus is walking along with his disciples, and then you see the reaction when they see a leper approaching them. Can we go ahead and uh, play the video? Beautiful day, or anything, huh? Come on, it's a leopard. Stay back, cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay, Rabbi. Rabbi, 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 you, Rabbi you, you cannot. This disease, don't you, you, you can. Please. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Thank you. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. What can I? What can I ever do? Well, do not say anything to anyone. You don't seek your own honor? Please just do me this one thing. Uh, but what do I tell people? Show yourself to the priest. Let him inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. <laughs> Who has an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Definitely your color, (laughs) not too shabby. (laughs) Wow. If anybody needs any tissue, we have some up here. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite parts. And if you haven't had a chance to see The Chosen yet, download the app, watch it. The whole thing is amazing. I wanted to play that because we can read the story in the Bible, and and, and it can impact us. It can really, you know, we can really get a lot out of it. But when we see it portrayed like that... Um, what happens is we begin to emotionally really get into it as we put ourselves in the place of the people first the disciples the you know as as they see the the leper and they you know you know the the one you know in the video we don't know if this happened in the bible or not it was added in for dramatic effect but you know pulls his knife, you know stay away and you know, and the other one, you know, don't breathe his air, and, and I mean, the fear, the, uh, and all of that, the disciples, and then how Jesus turned to them and said, no, no, just no, and, and moved toward the man. You see the desperation of the man, you see the amazement of the the woman that was there picking flowers, and and you know uh, uh, the, 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 she saw that, and then she comes back later in the story. Um, it's it, it, it's amazing, but I wanted us to see that because it something like that helps us to helps to put us there in that place. So let's talk about a few implications for our lives. Number one. First implication is we know that Jesus cares about our pain. He really does. We need to know that. I know sometimes it can feel like, you know, we're going through something or we're feeling a pain in our heart. And we wonder, God, are you even aware of this? Do you care? Do you even know about this? Are, are you really there? But when we wonder if he's even aware of it or feel like he's not aware of it, that's a lie from the enemy. Because we know that he knows he cares so we can bring it to him whatever it is this leper was putting his life on the line by approaching jesus but he knew he knew in his heart that jesus could uh that jesus could heal him if he wanted to so he said it's all or nothing this is it i'm going to jesus no matter what i'm taking my pain to him i'm taking my suffering to him I'm going to him no matter what. So he takes his pain, he takes his suffering to Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants us to do to him. with him. He wants us to take our pain to him. He wants us to take our suffering to him. He wants us to take our sorrows to him. He wants us to take our fears to him. Whatever our struggle is, if we're feeling isolated or if we're feeling rejected or if we're feeling alone, we need to know that he cares and we can be assured of that you ever feel like you don't matter to anyone you do he cares for you whatever you're going through and whatever the situation is he cares that's why first peter 5 7 says give all your worries all your worries and cares to god for he cares for you second implication jesus knows our deepest need The man's need ran much deeper than his physical ailment, and you could see that in the man's face and hear it in his voice when he came to Jesus. The physical healing that Jesus performed was only a part of what Jesus did for him. As I read this story, the thing that stood out to me the most, one of the things that stood out to me the most is that Jesus didn't just say, okay, be healed he reached out and he touched the man. He touched the leper. And I have to wonder, when was the last time somebody had ever touched that man? How long had it been since he felt human touch? Again, With this pandemic that we've had this last year, we know a little bit about what that was like. You know, where we're separated from other family members, grandparents or grandkids or 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 you know, aunts and uncles in extended family were separated and can't see each other because of this pandemic. I have an aunt, uh, I have an aunt in a nursing home in New York, and and when spring break, when this was all getting ready to start. We were going to visit our family in Buffalo. We were going to visit them. We were, we were within just a couple of days of leaving, and all of a sudden, New York State shut down. And this aunt is in a nursing home there. And then suddenly, she is isolated from the entire family. We couldn't go see her. her all the family that lived in, in Buffalo, the, the Buffalo there couldn't see her. I mean, they could maybe watch her through a window if they roll, wheeled her up to a window and they stood outside in that. But it wasn't until it wasn't until about a week ago that her uh, her 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 kids and her you know grandkids kids could actually go in and be with her and touch her. That had been a year. I wonder how long it had been for this man with leprosy since anyone. Was able to touch her. While everyone else in this man's life, you know, backed off and kept their distance, Jesus reached out and actually touched him. And just that one touch told the man, You matter to me. You are worth something, you are valuable. He was not someone to be avoided at all cost. He was no longer an outcast. He was not garbage. He was not worthless. He was not beyond all hope. He was valuable. He mattered. And the same goes to every one of you. You matter. You are valuable to God. The third implication Third thing that that tells us, when others backed away, you ever have people back away from your life? You ever have people just keep their distance and back off? When others backed away, Jesus presses in. I thought the video clip did a great job of illustrating this from, uh, you know, the, the, the initial reaction. First, Mary Magdalene was the first one that, you know, and you just hear her gasp. And then then one of the disciples, he's a leper, you know, and, and pulls his knife. And, and, you know, everybody, you know, backs off and everybody's backing off. But what did Jesus do? He moved in. He pressed in. And then the video, in the video, the man pleaded, please, please. Please don't turn away from me. And Jesus responded, I won't. Have you ever worried that Jesus would turn away from you? Maybe because of something you did or you're feeling like, you know, I'm not worth anything or, you know, you get these, these all, all this stuff coming in, these mind games that the enemy plays with us, tricks he plays on his mind, lies that he whispers to us. And you're worried that, you know, if I really go to Jesus with this, if he really knew what I was like, as if he didn't, if he really knew what I was like, will he turn away from me? You ever worried that? That he'd turn his back on you? Well, guess what? He won't. He won't ever. Nothing you've done could cause Jesus to turn away from you when you come to him. How do I know that? John 6:37 says all Jesus says, all the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. I will never cast out. The fourth implication. Just as Jesus could see deep into a person's heart, So, we must learn to look beyond the surface of people's lives. People go a lot deeper than just what's on the surface, people go a lot deeper than just what they allow you to see. Often, the exterior just covers the real person underneath. When most people looked at the leper, they saw someone diseased, someone contagious, someone to be avoided at all costs, someone who could infect them if they got too close or possibly even breathed the same air as them. And yet when Jesus saw the leper, he saw someone whose life was ravaged with hurt and with pain he saw someone who had been abused by satan he saw someone who was so desperate that he would risk approaching jesus with the hopes that jesus would be willing to heal him someone that had resigned himself to if not i could be killed and if that's what it is let it happen i have nothing left to live to live for somebody that the enemy was trying to destroy but jesus wanted to give life the king we serve king jesus is not a harsh tyrannical ruler just demanding and You know, declaring something, pounding his fist and, you know, and if we don't do it, boy, we're in trouble. He is a compassionate king. When he looks at us, he sees the real us. No matter how much we try to cover it up, he sees the real us. He's not distant, uncaring and aloof. He is a king who cares about you. He is a king who knows your deepest need. He is a king who draws close to us even when others shy away. He was a king. He is a king who sees beyond the surface to the real you. That's who he is. He came to take over. He came to take rulership back from Satan, the ruler of this world. He came to take it back. He came to set us free from the ravages of Satan and all that he does in our lives. He came to take over because when he looks at us, He sees us with eyes of compassion, and those eyes of compassion cause him not just to feel for us, but to be moved to the point of action. Let's stand. I want to pray for those who are hurting right now. Maybe the people around you know what the pain in your life is. Maybe they don't. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, nobody knows what's going on inside of my life. Nobody knows the pain I feel. Nobody knows the fear. Nobody knows the desperation. Nobody knows what's really going on inside. Well, I want to tell you something. Somebody does, and he is here. And he is the compassionate king who has come to take over. is the compassionate king who wants to move in your life so father I pray right now for everyone here you know every pain you know every hurt you know every fear you know every worry you know everything that weighs us down Holy Spirit come right now bring us the compassion of Jesus begin to move in our lives. Lord, begin to set your people free. Free from whatever it is that is keeping them isolated and fearful and is wreaking havoc in their lives. Free from the lies of Satan. Move upon your people. Cleanse your people, set us free. Come, Holy Spirit, rest on us, rest on us. I want encourage you to do something. Get in God's presence. Find a quiet place. Quiet place. And get alone with Him. Say, well, there's too much chaos at my house. I can't do that. You know how Susanna Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley, did it? She would sit in a rocker. She would pull her apron over her head. And all the screaming kids around, that's how she did it. She pulled an apron, and they knew not to bother her while she was in there with Jesus. Find a place. I don't care if it's the bathroom. Find a place. Take some worship music with you. And I don't mean something from the contemporary, you know. I mean some worship music that ministers the Spirit of God blast it on the stereo or put on your headphones or earbuds or whatever but to where you can hear it and hear it well and let the holy spirit wash over you as you listen to it i was just telling somebody this yesterday i was just you know that had been through some really you know tough stuff and i said just i said, go find whatever whatever worship music that ministers a presence of God to do. I said three of them that, 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 uh, that, that are go-tos for me is Holy and Anointed One by The Vineyard, uh, Depth by Hillsong, or Who Can Compare by uh, Matt Stinton of Bethel. Those three songs in particular ones. There are others too. I have a quiet time playlist on my phone. Put on whatever it is that takes you into the presence of Jesus. Close your eyes and sit back and listen and invite God to minister to you. As you do that, He will move on your heart and He will begin to change. He will begin to minister to the things that you're going through, the things that where you need His touch. He might just come in and say, you're done with this, no more. Sometimes he does that like he did with this leper. Be cleansed, and boom. We saw, you know, fading away. You know, everything fades away. Or he might just say, for whatever reason, I'm not taking this away yet, but I am going to give you the strength and the grace to go through it, like Paul with his thorn in the flesh. I'll give you what you need to go through it. And as long as we stay close to his presence And stay in Him. He will give us the strength that is beyond any strength that we have known. He will give us grace that is beyond any grace that we could imagine. And He will take us through it to the point where we'd say, I would rather go through this with Jesus than be out of it without His presence. Because it's not our circumstance that makes the difference. It's His presence in the midst of our circumstance. That's what makes the difference. So, I challenge you to do that. Now, let me give you the benediction. And now may God grant you the eyes to see others as He sees them. And may Jesus, the compassionate King, fill your heart with the same compassion toward others as he has toward you, that you may be moved to act on their behalf as he was moved to act on yours. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and dismiss. If you brought your tithes and offerings with you, you can place them on the box on the wall by the door on your way out prefer to give electronically, just go to bloomingtonvineyard.com, click on the give button, or if you want to mail a check, then uh, the address is on there on the screen. But go and have a great week and watch for God's compassion. Watch for Jesus's compassion reaching out to you and then share that with others. God bless. See you next week.